Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Labs, I was perusing through Twitter last night in bed, as I often do before I go to sleep. Of course, after I read your Training Camp Report, I want to make sure that I do my homework (laughs) before I fool around. And I noticed Kendrick Green's Twitter handle, and I I don't know how I haven't noticed this before, but it's at the fridge underscore 53. Maybe it was always written in the stars, this new role that Kendrick Green seems to be carving out for himself. Yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, looks to me to be developing into a little bit more than just, you know, a training camp oddity, you know, something to keep, you know, me awake during training <laughs> camp practices. Um, but, um, you know, he's good at it. He just is. Uh, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, when the Steelers drafted him in the third round uh, after Marquise Pouncey retired, um, you know, the 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 book on him, so to speak, was that, you know, he was athletic, uh, he could really move, you know, a center who could, you know, not only uh, get to the second level, maybe, maybe potentially be a guy who could pull, get out in space, you know, make blocks on the move uh, for the running back. And, you know, I, I think that what we saw, one of the one of the issues with him was that, you know, maybe he didn't have the bulk or, or the, the heft to him, you know, to withstand some of the bull rushing or the, you know, nose to nose kind of stuff that he was faced with as a center. And because you saw him kind of, I won't say get manhandled, but I mean, sometimes he got pushed back a little bit. But um, yeah, certainly on the move, uh, this this is a guy who, um, you know, is, is NFL caliber. And so maybe this is it. I mean, maybe this uh, is a little extra something that he can contribute, you know, because, you know, you're looking at uh, a 53-man roster, how it's going to shake out in terms of, you know, allocation of bodies at different positions and stuff. And, you know, maybe Kendrick Green is a guy who, you know, you look at him, do we want to keep, I don't know how many, 10 offensive linemen maybe, um, but with Kendrick Green, you're maybe getting a, stealing another position. So, um, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin talked about the origin of this being the preparation for uh, the, a game against the Ravens last season because the Ravens have that Patrick Ricard, Patrick Ricard. And so I looked him up. <laughs> Patrick Ricard is 6'3", 311. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's offensive lineman size right there. And, you know, the way that the Ravens use him on the move um, as a fullback, I mean, the guy can be a devastating presence. So, um, yeah, Kendrick Green, during practice that week, pretended, you know, gave the the defense, you know, a good look at what it's going to be like to try to be deal with 
uh, trying to deal with Patrick Ricard. And, you know, that was the origin of it. And, hey, maybe it becomes, you know, somehow part of the Steelers' offense or at least, you know, a portion of the part of the Steelers' offense. Well, you know, the credo has been we want to run the ball and we want to run the ball effectively. If you can get somebody in the backfield that's an extra lineman, as well as some of the beef you have up front from the tight end position, I mean, it's a little bit of a throwback for sure, and people can be skeptical if it wins in today's NFL, but Labs, yards are yards. I mean, you can if you get 25 yards, 30 yards on the ground or through the air, who gives a crap? You're getting 30 yards and you're moving the ball down the field effectively. Well, and then the other thing is, I mean, I, and, and I think we're starting to see it already out here, is that when he's in the game, <clears throat> the defense has to be conscious of not only him and, you know, moving forward, so to speak, but he can pretty much, you know, we've seen, seen him come across the formation and either, you know, block, you know, kick guys out and run up inside them, uh, or um, he can catch the ball. Yeah. You know, and um, we're seeing this too. He comes across the formation and they throw him a quick little pass just outside the the tight end or the tackle or whoever, you know, whatever is on that side of the formation um and you got to come up and tackle that guy uh, that's that's not uh i don't know yeah tanner that's muse not, didn't uh, enjoy that yesterday during practice did he? no and i i can't imagine anybody would because you know another thing about kendrick green is i mean he's not really tall and so when he lowers his pads and that's lowering the pads is something that he's been trained to do as an offensive lineman his entire football life um <laughs> that's not fun. I can't imagine that's fun at all because you're taking the brunt of his power because you can't, a lot of times you can't get at his legs because you can't get low enough to get at his legs. So yeah, it's, it's, it's looking like, uh, it could be something that, uh, the Steelers could implement into their offense. And as you mentioned, if you want to run the ball, if you want a, a power kind of running game, um, I think this guy could be a, an asset. Yeah, just like you see Ricard be a huge asset for the Ravens' run game, which has been one of the best in the NFL's history the past couple of years. Of course, Lamar Jackson being one of the freakiest athletes we've ever seen has something to do with that, but Ricard helps as well. You know, They've got a lot of beef up front, and he helps in the backfield. It's a copycat league, Labs, and I'm not saying the Steelers copy the Ravens because, you know, with Tomlin saying it seems like they kind of found out about Kendrick Green on accident last year, just trying to get some reps to warm up for Ricard. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see people kind of dipping their toes in the water a little bit more with athletic linemen that they have on their roster that, like you mentioned about Kendrick Green, might be a little bit undersized for that line role, but their athleticism might be able to carve out another role on a roster. Now, that's a lot easier to speculate than have actually happened. Not every lineman can catch passes and move like Kendrick Green. Right, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's it sounds good in theory. Hey, let's just you know take an athletic lineman and you know make him a um, you know an H back. Uh, but I mean, it's not it's not that easy. I mean, there aren't that many guys who can do that. And uh, you know that that whole moving uh, you know search and destroy kind of tactic for uh, an offensive blocker. You know, I mean, you have tight ends who can't do that. So, right. yeah, it's 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 nice in theory, you know, for us to sit around and talk about, yeah, let's do this or look for this or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, the reality of it that is that there aren't very many 
people with that physical skill set. And, you know, you don't want to spend a lot of time looking for something, uh, you know, that's, that's really difficult slash impossible to find. So yeah, they kind of was happenstance with the Steelers, how they discovered Kendrick green, because I don't think at any point, um, before that, uh, game against the Ravens, the preparation for that game against the Ravens, they really considered that this was a, a reality. <laughs> I mean, you know, in practice too, late in the season like that, you know, there's not practices in pads or because you're only allowed 14 uh, padded practices over this uh, now 18 weeks uh, of, a, of an NFL regular season. So by the time you get to that December game, um, I'm pretty sure your padded practices are utilized. And if they aren't, uh, I don't know that you're wasting one of them trying to figure out if you have the next refrigerator Perry. So, um, yeah, it was happenstance, a, a good stroke of luck for the Steelers maybe. And now um, they're they're working on it, trying to perfect it, and maybe it actually can become something for them beyond just an experiment or a gadget or, a, you know, a practice uh, anomaly. Because, hey, you know, the Steelers have used people to imitate Lamar Jackson too. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily work. Uh, perfectly either. I mean, just because you have someone running around in practice who's quick uh, doesn't mean that you can then use that person in a real game and expect it to be effective, um, you know, an effective part of your game plan. So, um, yeah, this is this is different. This is unique. Well, Kendrick Green was a bright spot on the offense for a second practice in a row, but in seven shots. The offense's winning streak ended at just one. They fell to the defense yesterday during practice, but I think the silver lining here, Labs, is they didn't get blown out. It looked bad early, but Mitch Trubisky was able to come in and claw their way back into a decisive Game 7 for the drill. And, you know, we said earlier on a camp report when the offense was in that losing streak and they were just getting waxed. You got to show at least a little bit more competitiveness so despite the loss yesterday, it's encouraging to see them force that game seven, that do or die final play. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, you know, a, a loss is a loss. It doesn't matter if it, if you, um, you know, if you lose four or three because uh, the defense wins the first four reps or you lose four to three because the defense wins the seventh rep, um, you're still lost. And I, I would still like to see, you know, a little bit more consistent execution, consistent performance from the offense in this drill. And, um, you know, we talked yesterday about the, um, the, the food thing, you know, good food, right. average food hasn't been totally, um, implemented yet at this training camp. Who knows? Maybe that, you know, comes around next week and maybe that has some impact, but, um, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, the execution of the unit needs to increase uh, because it, I, I just I, I don't I don't like the fact that they get beat at this so regularly when at one time I remember watching it and I, I mentioned this um, it, it couldn't stop them yeah it's like taking candy ever. from a baby for number seven yes yes and you know I, I understand that Kenny Pickett isn't Ben and nobody else has been but you know you're just hoping for a little bit more than I think we've been seeing so far. 
Yeah, and I'm sure Coach T, you know, behind closed doors would share that same sentiment, or maybe not behind closed doors. He might tell you to your face, but he sat down with the media following practice yesterday. He returned to St. Vincent College after missing Friday Night Lights practice to go to Canton for Rondé Barber's gold jacket ceremony. Let's take a listen to what Coach Tomlin had to say following Saturday's practice. Uh, Quickly, um, a few injury updates. Um, Nick Herbick had a hip flexor that's being evaluated. Uh, Nate Herbick had a hand or thumb that's being evaluated. We had a couple of guys um, have bumps and bruises occur in practice. Um, was able to go back in. Joey Porter um, had an ankle, got retaped, went back in. Uh, things of that nature that's, that's oftentimes a component of this, this process, man. We just work through. Um, you know we keep our energy focused on those that do take reps. And um, it was a significant weekend, man. We worked last night. Uh, and had an opportunity on a short turnaround to, to bounce back and deliver again today. Um, we do those things thoughtfully, man, because we just want to harden this group, not only in terms of uh, physical preparation, but mental preparation. Um, the last 24 hours is kind of reflective of how the season could be from time to time. Uh, we'll play on a Monday night and have to sprint into the next week, or we'll have a Thursday night game and be sprinting all week. And so um, you take moments like this in preparation, and you talk about the the aches and pains coupled with a, a short turnaround in an environment like this, but you also uh, want to teach them and train them. Uh, it's reflective of what happens in the season. And so I was really interested in the spirit in which they took the field today. Um, I like those things. Obviously, we're growing in terms of the quality of our work, but I like the mental approach of the group in that regard. Um, we'll just keep rolling this ball out and, and keep working. Um, obviously, you guys know I missed last night. I was in Canton, Ohio. Um, I had the unbelievable honor of putting a gold jacket on Rondy Barber, a former player and really close friend of mine, and um, just a really great environment in Canton. Uh, special place, man, special weekend. It was great to spend some time with some Steeler, some Steeler representatives. Uh, just a beautiful week. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Mike, you often talk about position flexibility. What are your thoughts on Kendrick and what he's done at H-Back last couple of days? You know, he's done some nice things, um, but it's not new to him. We really discovered it uh, late last season in preparation for Baltimore when he was representing that big fullback for them. Um, that guy's a unique guy. Um, and so we asked KG to provide a quality look for us, and he really did. And so we just kind of put that in our hip pocket. In an environment like this, man, we want to uh, see what guys are capable of doing, adding to to their cause and ours. And, and he's shown some flexibility there. Has he shown that that's a viable option to do anything? Small sample size. Could have that 39 back out there and you figure a couple of days for him to get to full speed? Yeah, he's back and um, in a short period of time you'll see him up and running in full capacity, I'm sure. Same with 23, Mike. Um, not so much. Uh, not so definitive there. Anyone else? Mike, at this camp, now the rules are clearly defined at quarterback. To have Mitch kind of comfortably in there as the, as the number two, I mean, how much more flexibility does that give that room and how much more comfortability does that give you with that second team? Comfort is not something that we seek. Um, it's just not. Um, this is not a comfortable business. You better not be in the team development atmosphere uh, using words like comfort. Uh, we're leaning into it. There's urgency regardless of roles. This stuff is fluid. Uh, it is. If you think it's not, you're kidding yourself. Um, that's that's why we're here. Coach, your thoughts on Darrell Revis and the getting into the hall? Have you had a chance to talk to him or anything? It was, it was a pleasure to be with him. Uh, I was with he and Ty Law and both of their families uh, last night. Couple, a nice Pittsburgh group there. Um, tip of the cap, man, to Aliquippa, man. Um, 
special, special legacy. And, you know, Pitt Panthers were highly, highly represented in environments like that, man. Um, just two quality historic programs right there from, from this neck of the woods, man. And, and their significance are on display in the, in the lives and careers of, of men, men, as you mentioned. Mike, how did Rondé ask you to pick the gold um, he and I communicate continually, man. Um, we got a 20-plus year relationship, and so um, I'm appreciative of of it. I'm not going to get into the details, um, but he and I spent a lot of time together. I can ask you just collected a number of San Diego State guys. I was wondering if there was a commonality or, or some reason that that's the place you've done a lot of business. Not at all. Um, just doing business. Darnell, a lot of talk about Darnell and backs and backers the first day. He went out there again. I mean, obviously, number 90 is going to feature sometimes. With, with seeing him the second day do it, is that part of the learning with him? And the He's doing a good job of, of representing his skill set and, and, and putting quality effort on top of quality effort. And, and that's what's important in this thing. You're going to have some good days, and can you stack them? Uh, and he appears to be doing some of that, and that's encouraging. Uh, let's hope it continues. And the two rookies, 80 and 51, is that a, and they're kind of different body types and skill sets. Is that fun to watch them kind of go? No doubt. Um, both guys are really urgent. Um, just by virtue of what it is they do, they, those, two, those two guys are going to come together from time to time and um, just really enjoying the competitive atmosphere um, that those type matchups uh, provide us. Mike, has Quan been what you thought he would be and how's he kind of integrated in his community? He's doing a really good job. Uh, he's vocal, he's urgent, he's competitive. Um, you feel his experience. Um, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch that group continue to sort itself out. Jalen Moore was a guy who turned a lot of heads here last year. It's kind of this guy with this urgency to make the team. How have you seen him kind of transfer to a guy who's now maybe like honing things a little bit in, in a different way? I don't know that he's doing it in a different way. Um, he's still extremely urgent and highly competitive, as you can see in backs on backers, and and that's probably the appropriate recipe. The minute he starts. You know, exhaling is when, when he and we are going to have major issues. Um, I like the energy he's bringing. He's sustained it. Uh, he's got some experience to go along with it, and I think that's what's, you know, that's what you value. Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following Saturday's practice. Always love a nice Pitt Panther shout-out from Coach T. Appreciate <laughs> that there. And he mentioned the injuries at the beginning there, Labs, and, you know, Nick Herbig and Nate Herbig, the Herbig brothers, had a couple, you know, bumps and bruises that go along with the padded practice, the nature of where they're at um, in training camp. But I think the big news here, oh, and Joey Porter Jr., of course, got taped up and came back into the game or into practice. But Minka Fitzpatrick made his return from an excused absence for personal reasons. Uh, no one needs to know what the personal reasons are, but we are all extremely happy to see 39 back in the fold. Yeah. And, um, you know, as Mike Tomlin said about Minka specifically, uh, the, the quote was, you'll see him up and running in full capacity in a short period of time. Um, but that is not necessarily the case with DeMonte Kazee, or Casey, excuse me. Um, so that's a little bit of, you know, I won't say, uh, well, it's a little bit of a, a downer. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think this guy is um, a, a big part of what the Steelers did last year. I think they also have plans for him. You know, this coming season, he's a he's a, a, a piece of the, uh, you know, chessboard, so to speak, that you can use in a lot of different ways. Um, he can either play, you know, as a safety, he can either attack the line of scrimmage or, you know, play in, in the secondary. Uh, and so he has missed 
I don't know, a fairly hunk of time so far in this training camp. We're starting to get into the preseason games. You know, you'd like to see him, um, you know, start to be able to, you know, work his way back onto the field and participate. But, you know, we're going to just have to wait and see when, when that uh, actually rolls around. Backs on Backers Part 2 went down yesterday during practice. We'll talk about that, and we'll hear from Darnell Washington. That's all on the way next on the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. It's not enough in the NFL to do it one time. You got to do it again and again and again and again. So when Darnell Washington turned heads after the first installment of Backs on Backers going up against TJ Watt and holding his own a a few practices ago, it was impressive, but I'm sure it wasn't anything that really got the coaching staff that excited. But when you see him do it again like he did in practice yesterday, then you start to feel those little butterflies in your stomach. You might have something here. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that impressed me about um, Darnell Washington in this uh, second round of backs on backers, uh, you know, he he didn't win every rep, you know, necessarily, but you know, he he against Nick Herbig was was an interesting battle. And at one point, you know, they ran one, and then you know, do it again. You know, Washington, I guess you could say he either on the first rep he either won the rep or. Um, you know, got it to a stalemate, which to me in in that particular drill or in those kinds of situations during a game, uh, a stalemate is good enough. I right. mean, you just need to keep the guy off the quarterback. I mean, you don't have to pancake him or, you know, drive him anywhere. I mean, it's not like a running play. If, if you just, you know, kind of stalemate the situation, that's a win. Okay. So then the second rep, um, Nick Herbig, you know, he's a good pass rusher and, it's a it's a pass rush move that I refer to as like a push and pull. You know, you're pushing uh, the 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 blocker, and then you know you grab him and pull him towards you because once he he starts you know setting his weight or moving backwards, you know, and then he he um, you know drops his hips and you know kind of tries to just you know stop your progress. You know, you use his own like momentum against him, so to speak. You know, like they they say you do in judo, you use your opponent's um, momentum against him, and that's kind of what Nick Herbig did. And so then, okay, now you you know how Mike Tomlin is. All right, now we got a one-one yep. on after two. Need that rubber again. match. Got to have, gotta have a winner. And the third one, Darnell Washington won. So you, I like that too. Because I don't think you can expect anyone to win, you know, every rep of a drill like that. So in situations where a guy maybe gets beat once, but then comes right back and wins the next one, you like that too. And you like that especially from a rookie because that shows you a level of, you know, being a pro that sometimes they don't have in their first season as a pro. 
I'm so glad you mentioned that because you can apply that to a lot of the rookies in this rookie class, that kind of short memory, bounce back mentality. I got beat this one play, but I'm going to get the better on the next play. I mean, just think back to George Pickens' viral catch from earlier in camp and presenting the ball to Joey Porter Jr. What does Joey Porter Jr. do a play or two later? He makes an interception. You know, shaking off those plays and turning the page, like you said, it's a rare trait for rookies to have, but it appears that the Steelers have several rookies in this class that follow that that trait. And even Herbig in that exact same scenario, you know, he loses the first rep to Darnell Washington. He comes back and he wins the second one. So a lot of encouraging signs from the rookies on the field, but their mentals, too, have got you to be have got to have you encouraged as well. Yeah. And from what I've uh, been told, Broderick Jones is like that, too. The number right. one pick left tackle. You know, he's a guy who um, is that, too. He doesn't. Um, necessarily win every rep, win every play, those kinds of things. But, I mean, he is able to call on his technique and, um, you know, just the the foundational things of playing the position, you know, to get him back in in a good situation uh, and do it quickly. Well, Darno Washington chatted with the media before practice yesterday. Let's take a listen to what the rookie tight end had to say. Talk, uh, is there talk, been talk about using you more in some of those formations you guys are in zone? Uh, I mean, I don't really know what the big guy got in store, uh, but hopefully, uh, I mean, I want to be used in any way and any possible way to help the team. So. Do you know I mean? You were you were a big target in times like they, they would get you the ball deeper down the field. How do you have to work work on making sure that you create create a better bigger window for your quarterbacks to find you? Oh, uh, really? Just help trying to create separation because I mean most nickels or things like that are faster than me, so like I'm not gonna really outrun them. So really, just gotta use my size to my advantage or um, just high pointing the ball and things like that. Or just having strong physical hands and to finish the catch. Anybody else? I don't know. Uh, I want you and uh, Pickens. And I'm like, wow. Strap 10 more Georgia guys. What's going on down here? What, uh, how deep is the well? <laughs> uh, yeah, Georgia for sure got us uh, right. Uh, Kirby know uh, exactly what to do with players and how to use them or just how to develop them uh, in a right way. So. I mean, Georgia is lots of talent in there, so why not go get 10 other Georgia guys, you know? Who's the guys coming out this year? Like, who's the top guys? Yeah. Uh, we got Big Amari's Mims. Uh, I don't know if Brock Bowers coming out. Uh, we got some receivers like McConkey. We got uh, defensive, player, defensive players like that. Uh, I'm not really sure. If they're 100% coming out, because, I mean, it's an option for them, you know, with the whole COVID year. So they kind of de- decide that they want to stay another year or, or come out. So I'm not 100% sure who's exactly coming out yet. Were you fine with them throwing more to Bowers than you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was uh, the team won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. all worked out. But. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm more of a team player. So if they throw brought the ball more, then, I mean, so be it. As long as we come out with the victory, as long as I do my job. Uh, I mean, I would like, I would like if I would have had some more targets, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's in the past, so I don't really look back. You know, I'm more what's what's ahead of us right that, now. That smile you gave me a minute ago suggested you wouldn't have turned it down. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, if that was the case, those would have featured me more or whatever. Then I mean, I, I would embrace it, kind of how I embrace any role on the team. So, and did you when you were getting ready to come into the NFL? Were you anticipating, hey, I'm going to catch the ball more? 
wherever I end up in the pros that I did in college. Uh, yeah, I figure I'm. Well, my my logic and my thinking, uh, I, I know that I'm most likely going to have a better uh, NFL career than in college. Uh, that's something I wanted to showcase coming out, uh, you know, at the combine and pro day, just my ball skills and things like that. Like I know I got it, so that's just something I wanted to showcase. But I mean, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm ready. Tom talked about you the other day, Darnell, and he, he said you made a one-handed catch in your pro day, and Tom said that got his attention. He and he assumed everyone else's. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, yeah. I think I think he's talking about the combine. So yeah, combine had the one-handed catch. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something I do. You haven't missed the practice or anything, it looks like, right? I mean, there was talk today of the draft about there was something injury, but it seems like you've been... Yeah, I mean, to... I mean, I guess that's just draft talk. I mean, I never had a knee injury in college. I never sat out any games or practice over my knees. So, I mean, I don't know who started it or I don't know how that went about. But, I mean, it's just draft talk. It is what it is. But, I mean, I'm 100% healthy and ready to just get the ball rolling, so. I know you get battered a lot, though, don't they? Have you, have you noticed the physical toll that kind of battering takes? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I've watched Heath Miller here for 10 years, and he just took some brutal blasts. Yeah, I mean. And you're even taller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just something you sign up for uh, you, uh, if you want to play tight ends. So, I mean, it's, it's a physical game. Uh, we bigger bodies, so we got to learn how to take hits and absorb them and just keep moving on. When you're blocking, oftentimes they talk about the lower wins and lower leverage. But when you're so tall, is that how do you get around that kind of a challenge? Oh, uh, that's where I still gotta like use my length to advantage. So if if that's me putting my hands on them first, uh, so really just a first initial contact. I, I still gotta stay low, uh, at least low to me. I, I mean, I'm not gonna get lower than a five eight dude, but <laughs> low to me and uh, just really just dig. Put your cleats in the ground and dig and keep your feet moving. That's just kind of how I have to do it uh, since I'm so much taller than a lot of other guys. Steelers rookie tight end Darnell Washington speaking with the media before yesterday's practice. And Labs, one thing that jumped out at me, our, our buddy Mike Brazuta asked him, you know, about, you know, college to the NFL and being a pass catcher and all that stuff. And uh, Darnell Washington said, I expect to have a better pro career than I did a college career. That's a certainly an interesting perspective to hear from a young man, especially one who won well, two national titles at Georgia. Yeah, uh, but I think what, you know, uh, certainly the position that he plays, you know, it, it's it's part of part of it is, you know, blocking, which isn't necessarily um, measurable. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, you know, you, yeah, right. if, if a, if a, if a guy's a receiver, you can count his catches or count his targets or count his touchdowns or, you know, add up his yards, those kinds of things. Uh, you know, a blocker, um, you, you have to watch the video. I mean, it's, it's more of a team oriented contribution than uh, a receiving thing because a lot of that is individual, excuse me. So, um, yeah, I think what he meant was, he, he wants, you know, a better career. Uh, yeah, maybe a more noticeable one is would be the more accurate um, way of describing it. Because, yeah, you're right, two national championships. I mean, how, how much better can it get than that? And, and I really like what, you know, um, Darnell Washington was saying about the Georgia guys because that's definitely the case. And, you know, it has been the case, you know, over the course of, 
different pockets of time for different college programs. I mean, there was a time when, you know, you, you, if you had a doubt, pick somebody from the U. Right. You know, Miami. That was, that was a, a solid, solid choice. Um, then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, you know, more recently, it, it got into the SEC. It was Alabama. You know, you can pick an Alabama guy. How many Alabama guys were going, you know, in the first round, um, high in drafts, those kind of things. Well, now it's Georgia. And, uh, yeah, you, you look at, like, the Eagles defensive line. Um, they're all Georgia guys. I know, it's crazy. And, um, and but, you know, it, it's, and it's, it's, you know, simplistic to say, you know, if, if you don't know who to pick, just, you know, get out the Georgia depth chart and pick somebody who hasn't been picked yet. But, I mean, the, it's, it's not simplistic. You know, you, uh, we were talking about two national championships in a row. I mean, that doesn't happen by luck uh, that you win with talent. And, uh, you know, Kirby Smart and that program, they, they have it going down there. And, you know, what happens is, you know, you, you recruit good players to start winning. And then once you start winning, all the good players want to come there because they want to win. So, you know, it's a um, self-perpetuating uh, kind of situation. And, you know, Georgia's in the middle of it right now. they got great facilities, a lot of success. They're playing in the best conference in college football. And, you know, when you when you bring recruits, a lot of, you know, the recruiting practices, you'll bring, you know, recruits to a home game. <laughs> What's that like oh. down in Athens? You know what I mean? So um, it, they, they, have, they have the ball rolling very nicely there. Um, a lot of times that, that's only, you know, has a short uh, or a, a limited or defined shelf life for, to be that kind of program. I don't know when Georgia, what Georgia's shelf life is. Uh, but right now, I mean, they're they're at the top of the pecking order for sure. Yeah, no question. As you all know, the Steelers went to that well a couple of times during this past draft class to get some of Georgia players. But back to Darnell, I also like how he is conscious about not being pigeonholed into just, oh, I'm a big body blocking tight end. I got some skills here, too. Maybe I'm not as refined as Pat is quite yet as far as the receiving aspect of the the position is concerned, but I'm not a slouch either, you know. Just because everybody's excited about my big six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pound plus frame, I'm gonna be helping out Broderick Jones, Dan Moore, you know, chipping on Bosa's helping in this running game. Don't forget that I also made some pretty big impact in the passing game as well. And Labs, I also kind of like how he had that dynamic in Georgia where he wasn't the number one pass-catching tight end. That was Brock Bowers, who is still at Georgia. So he comes into Pittsburgh. It's kind of a very familiar role for him. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Darnell Washington, you know, there's different um, ways to get various jobs done on a football field. You know, Darnell Washington, I don't know that he's going to be a, you know, a nifty route-running kind of tight end. But, I mean, he can be a guy who – gets himself in the in the proper position where then he can use his size and strength to be the kind right. of receiver that he wants to be the kind of receiver you know the Steelers need from him and from that position so you know there, there's a lot of different ways to get a job done uh, again I don't see um, Darnell Washington becoming a uh, J uh, Travis Kelsey I almost said Jason Kelsey a Travis Kelsey <laughs> he might become a end. Jason Kelsey too with his size. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
But, you know, I, I still think he can be, you know, effective and, and impactful uh, as a receiver. And, you know, how you get it done doesn't really matter. Uh, the job is the job. And if you're successful at the job, that's all that, that, that's all that counts. An inside linebacker turned some heads yesterday during practice. We'll get into him and that position to wrap things up. You're listening to the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. The inside linebacker position is certainly getting a lot of attention from Steelers Nation during camp. A lot of interest to see who the top two will be on uh, week one against San Francisco when the season starts. But a couple of guys have started to you know, establish themselves. Uh, one guy, to no surprise, I think, is Quan Alexander. He's been around the block so many times in this league, been so successful in this league. I think the only thing that you might have been a little worried about was was he out on that free agency market for a little bit too long because of maybe an injury thing or something unknown to us or was he going to have trouble coming up to speed you know jumping into a camp environment in the middle of camp and only having a couple days to really get himself acclimated uh, but none of that has seemed to be the problem he he seems like he's been here since the beginning of the off season yeah we talked about this um you know closer to when the the, the day that he actually showed up you know, out here at St. Vincent College, and that's that um, for Quan Alexander, his challenge in, in terms of, you know, getting on a moving train, as Mike Tomlin says, you know, integrating himself into the, you know, into the defense and the program here is not so much like learning it from scratch. It's more about just um, becoming aware of what the Steelers call things, because whatever it is, He's done it before. He's been in the league long enough that uh, pretty much uh, all of the different um, facets of the position he has been exposed to, you know, one of the various teams that he's played on. Now, it's just called something different. So, again, um, as we were talking about, it's not that Quan Alexander had to learn something from scratch. He just had to associate, okay, what I used to know as this is now known as this, and so you, you just uh, have to kind of, you know, associate it with a new word or new phrase or, you know, however these things are called. But um, so, you know, he certainly <laughs> has hit the ground running in that respect, and he's a physical guy. I mean, he is. Um, you're, his, his presence is... Um, for the other players on the field, you know where he is, or you better know where he is, <laughs> uh, pretty much at all times. And you know he shows up in a lot of different things. Um, seven, excuse me, seven shots is one where, yeah, I mean, um, you you know where Quan Alexander is. Uh, the um, the live tackling run game period. Uh, he you see, you know, he's number twenty six in the gold jersey. You see that flashing around uh, out there, and so yeah, he's he's kind of you know making his mark a little bit, uh, and d has done it rather quickly. And you know, you you mentioned um, who's going to be the the starting two uh, for the regular season opener. Well, first you got to figure out who makes the fifty three. It's true because you know the Steelers added a couple of guys in free agency, Cole Holcomb. Uh, in a Landon Roberts, and you know Roberts is a guy who is 
if when you, when you're just looking at those two guys, he's the more physical thumper. Uh, where Cole Holcomb, you know, has more. Um, and I don't like to say athletic ability because these guys get honked. They're all athletes, they yeah. Have, <laughs> right. Um, but you know what I mean. As a as a coverage guy, Cole Holcomb is more nifty and adept at that part of the game. Uh, so those, that's those two. Then you have, um, we were just talking about Quan Alexander, who's an interesting case. And last year's, um, I don't know, find, for lack of a better word, Mark Robinson. You know, a guy who was a seventh-round pick, and, um, you know, he never played any defense in college. He played yeah, he's a 13 running back. games. Right, he was a running back for his first three or four seasons or whatever it was because, you know, in college you can have a red shirt and, you know, that, and Darnell Washington was talking about the COVID yeah, year. Right. And so, um, but until his last college season, Mark Robinson was a running back, played offense. And so, you know, he he, he goes into the draft with 13 games of defensive experience. And, you know, I'm talking about, you know, that's, that's a, that's a drastic change in terms of how you see the game on the field. You know, you're a running back and the things that you're looking for or how the game unfolds for you from that position is totally different than playing, playing defense. And, and now he has to develop new instincts um, and do it at the highest level. I mean, this is, you know, he played at Mississippi, his, his one, season of defense was Mississippi, which is the SEC. So, you know, you're playing defense now against Georgia and Alabama, you know, in those kinds of places. And then you, you step up from class even there and you're trying to, you know, those new instincts are being tested at the NFL level. So, you know, that's an adjustment. It's going to take some time. Um, and, but Mark Robinson continues to, you know, flash. I mean, certainly, you know, he's a physical presence. We saw that in the four games he was uh, on the uh, game day roster last uh, last year. And, um, you know, you see that again out here since the pads have gone on. But then every now and then, you know, you, he has some athletic ability too. He might not be, um, you know, a, a smooth, honed uh, coverage guy. But like yesterday in training camp, in the practice yesterday afternoon, he he's covering Connor Hayward, who is no slouch either in terms of the uh, you know playing in space. And Connor Hayward ran a seam route, and he's going you know straight towards the goal line. Um, so the the pass is thrown to him, and it was a pretty nice pass. I mean, you're it's it wasn't too far out in front of Connor Hayward, but it was you know on target. It was coming down to him, and he went up and to make the, the uh, over-the-shoulder catch. And it looked like he, he had it, Connor Hayward. But then in the time from when the ball reached his hands and they um, hit the ground, Mark Robinson was close enough that he, he took it from him. Um, so it was an interception. It would go as an interception in the, on the stat sheet. Um, but it was more like a... Um, I don't know, force fumble, fumble recovery in terms of the execution of it. Uh, but it was still a pretty good play. Uh, and it really doesn't matter what goes uh, on the stat sheet as if, if you are as a inside linebacker 
take the ball away for your team. So, yeah, that was a very nice play by him. And holding the ball, uh, let's start from the beginning of the sequence. Finding the ball uh, and then seeing it and being able to adjust to it and uh, get it out of the receiver's hands before you hit, as you're both falling to the ground and maintain possession when you hit the ground. I mean, that was pretty impressive to me. Yeah, and it's encouraging to hear that, too, uh, for a prospect like Mark Robinson, because if he wants to be more than just a situational linebacker, a run thumper that a lot of people think he already is, he has to start to excel in that coverage aspect. To, to hear of him going up against a guy like Connor Hayward, who is going to be playing inside linebackers and drawing mismatches against them throughout the season this year, you'd think. And for him to hold his own like that, not just force an incompletion, but to actually take the ball away, you know, that's a next step in the evolution of his his status as a prospect that has to get people excited. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about this before. The the, the sophistication of NFL offenses is, is at a level now where, you know, they just can um, do whatever the defense doesn't want them to do based <laughs> right. on the defense uh, personnel grouping that's out on the field, and they don't have to change personnel to do that. So, you know, that's what makes inside linebacker such a difficult position to play in the league. Why having guys who can are all situations uh, inside linebackers are so difficult to find, you know, because back in the day when, you know, Ryan Shazier was coming out of uh, Ohio State, there weren't a lot of teams looking for that. You know, it's kind of like it used to be for the Steelers in, in the early part of, um, Bill Cowher's career as the coach here. You know, the Steelers were getting uh, good um, edge players at the time uh, known as outside linebackers in the third round. Joey Porter was a third-round pick. Jason Gilden was a third-round pick. So, but, you know, then once that that position evolved and became, you know, more common commonplace uh, throughout uh, teams' repertoires on defense, well, now you couldn't wait till the third round to get guys like that because everybody's you know fishing out of right. the same lake. So um, that's what you have now with uh, inside linebackers. Everybody needs the Ryan Shazier or you know someone like that, um, Leighton Vander Esch, um, um, Tremaine Edmonds, Fred these Warners, kinds of guys. Yeah. Right, you have to pick them early, and if you don't, a lot of times if you don't get them. You know, in the top half of the first round, you really don't ha get the dynamic ones. Uh, Devin White, another guy. Right. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that position shakes out for the Steelers beyond just who the starters are. Because, you know, it was with everything else, you got to have depth. You know, if you're playing two at a time and you only have two, that's not enough. Well, Steelers practice today is at 155 on Chuck Knoll Field at St. Vincent College. Reminder, though, there is no practice tomorrow, which means that there is no training camp report tomorrow. Labs and I are going to sleep in a little bit, catch up on some Zs, but we will be back on Tuesday when the Steelers resume their training camp practices, 8 a.m. sharp. Wolf and Starks are up next. We're going in the locker room on Steelers Nation Radio.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 